Hey guys, and welcome back to Pucks and Pages. My name is Steven. That is my lovely, sports-loving wife, Liberty. Definitely not, but we are a married couple with different interests, and we try to bring each other into our hobbies by discussing the latest news in both books and sports. Today's episode's going to be interesting. Um, Long, you mean? Yes, also interesting. We definitely are focusing on trying to motivate you to be hockey fans. At least that's what it's going to feel like anyways, and we promise... We're not trying to cram it down your throat. It's just kind of happened. Well, here's the thing. What had happened is that free agency opened and then everyone's trading and signing and all these players went to this one team because they had the most money and it's just a lot. Yeah, to say the least, the NHL this year in free agency spent almost double what they did last year in free agency in just the first three days. So I get like we added an expansion team, but holy crap, did I not expect that much money? Well, it definitely doesn't help that the cap stayed the same. So like you have to figure out how to rework things. And when you have to rework things, you have to shift a lot of stuff. And if you remember last season, we talked about how often we were getting all these one-year deals in the NHL. So, like, it's one year's bound. Up. Yeah, one Let's year's go. up. Time to cash out. So, it's just chaos in every direction that you could possibly look right now. Let's get into it. It's going to be a long episode. It's going to be very hockey-centric. So, I hope you guys like hockey by this point. I think you mean, like, money-centric. Because that's mostly what it is. True. <laughs> But before we get into all of that with the NHL, I'm going to start with player health. There have been two things that have come out as far as I've seen in the past week or so. Paul Byron will miss the start of the season for the Montreal Canadiens after having hip surgery this week. It's expected to take about five months for him to fully recover, meaning he could miss at least three months of the season. Yeah, that is the one flaw of the season ending as late as it did. Uh, obviously, the Canadians made a deep push into the playoffs, so that only made the situation worse. Yeah, so we'll see where he ends up. I'm thinking you probably won't see him before Christmas, if we're being honest. Yeah, when it comes to hip injuries and in hockey players, it's not a fast recovery because they use their legs and their hips a lot to move. So Go figure. We also have another player who's going to miss the start of the season, this time for the Vegas Golden Knights. It's Alec Touche. Touch? Tosh? Tuck. 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 I landed there eventually. I like the Touche one. I think that was cute. (laughs) (laughs) He had shoulder surgery last week. The 25-year-old forward is expected to need about six months to recover, so even longer than the other one. We'll see how much time he actually misses this season. It could be up to four months, so definitely into the new year. Yeah. And then we had a couple buyouts of contracts before we actually got into signing of contracts and trades and stuff because a lot of people wanted their cap space or a lot of people wanted to get rid of players. So Jake Vertanen will have the final season of his contract bought out by the Vancouver Canucks. The 24-year-old Ford was placed on unconditional waivers on Sunday for the purpose of the buyout. Vertanen, who will become an unrestricted free agent, was placed on leave on May 1st following allegations of sexual misconduct. He was in the first season of a two-year $5.1 million contract that he signed with Vancouver on October 22nd. So this one's just, I don't want you playing for us anymore. Right. This next one's a big one. Martin Jones is going to have the final three seasons of his contract bought out by the San Jose Sharks. The 31-year-old goalie will be able to sign elsewhere as an unrestricted free agent. He signed a six-year contract with the Sharks on June 23rd of 2016, so he only made it about halfway before they wanted to move him 
I guess. I kind of understand that. Like, his quality of play has definitely been waning over the last two seasons. So it's not nearly what they expected from him when they first signed him, which at that point in time, he was one of the top three goalies in the NHL. So it's kind of like, what happened? But speaking of goalies whose contracts have been bought out, Braden Holtby was placed on waivers by the Vancouver Canucks for the purpose of buying out the final season of his contract. Which they did. The 31-year-old goalie will become an unrestricted free agent. He had signed a two-year $8.6 million contract with the Canucks, which had an AAV of $4.3 million on October 9th, 2020. You'll see later that he signs with the Dallas Stars. We'll get there. But the big mover, shaker, spender of this past week was the Seattle Kraken. Go figure, you know, prior to the actual expansion draft, they had already had themselves at 30 plus million dollars worth of cap space. And then they moved a couple more pieces in the process to dump some salary and then added more monies. So it was like something like $42 million they had to spend when they started this season. I want $42 million to spend in one hockey season. Right. That would be nice. Chris Dreiger, I think is how you say his name. Adam Larson and Jamie Alexiak each signed contracts with the Seattle Kraken. The first guy, Dreiger, signed a three-year, $10.5 million contract, which has an AAV of $3.5 million. Larson signed a four-year, $16 million contract with an AAV of $4 million. Alexiak signed a five-year, $23 million contract with an AAV of $4.6 million. They also had Jaden Schwartz sign a five-year, $27.5 million contract with the Seattle Kraken on Wednesday. This AAV is $5.5 million. Philip Grubauer signed a six-year, $35.5 million contract with the Seattle Kraken. It has an AAV of $5.91 million. He's clearly going to be their starter. Like, Yeah. The thing that I have a problem with, besides the fact that it's a long contract, is like, just go up the extra half a million, make it even six million a year. Like the way my brain works is like, I don't like how uneven all of that is. Well, the reality is too, you got to think it's not that long of a contract in comparison to like other sports, but in hockey, the cap is eight seasons. So like the most you can sign somebody to now is only eight seasons by the players association. So I don't know when that happened. It was after, obviously, the 13-year contract that Duncan Keats signed. Well, and Ovechkin had one yeah. as well. But Seattle wasn't done there. They also had Alex Wenberg signed a three-year, $13.5 million contract on Wednesday, which gave an AAV of $4.5 million. The next team I have is the Red Wings, and I just want to say like a blanket statement for the Detroit Red Wings signings. The financial terms were not disclosed when I was writing my notes. So if you have those, you should tell me because I absolutely do not. Well, since I write my notes usually Friday and Saturdays, I probably do have the newer information. So I'm ready for you. Yeah. The first one being Mark Stahl, who has agreed to a one-year contract to remain with the Detroit Red Wings. I, I didn't even write about it because it was such a short contract. So I don't know the terms on it. So. Yeah. Also, Pius Suter has signed a two-year contract with them on Wednesday. That one had an AAV of $3.25 million, which is quite a bit more than the Blackhawks could have offered him to stay. Right, so. yeah. Well, especially after what happened earlier in the week. Yeah, we'll talk about that in the trade section and the signing section. There's yep. been a lot. <laughs> Tyler Bertuzzi signed a two-year contract to remain with Detroit. 
His AAV was $4.75 million. That's not bad. No, it's pretty good. And then for the Chicago Blackhawks, I don't know if you have more than I do. I only found two. I don't know that I even have one in here. Adam Gaudet has agreed to terms on a one-year $997,500 contract. It's because it happened last week. It wasn't this actual last seven days. It was like, I think on Sunday that they signed it while we were recording. So yeah, it's probably why I missed that one. Also, you couldn't have paid him $2.5,000 more dollars? Made it an even million? But why? If you could have him for less. It's cap space. What is $2,500 to a hockey team? Clearly, Laces, maybe? Clearly something. Laces. Yeah. And then the other one I had for the Blackhawks is that Seth Jones signed an eight-year, $76 million contract extension with the Chicago Blackhawks. This one has an AAV of $9.5 million. Now, I know I mentioned that one last week, but I'm also excited to hear about it again because it's like, why not? I didn't remember it from last week, I guess. It's all good. Then Alex Ovechkin signed a five-year deal. We were expecting this to come through any day now, so it finally happened. This time for $47.5 million, which gives it an AAV of $9.5 million to remain with the Washington Capitals. Which, uh, that's about his normal AAV, I believe. Uh, he had, a, I think it was like 975, if I remember correctly. So he took a small pay cut just so that they could bring in an extra player that they were interested in. So kudos to him making the sacrifice, but you're still making $9.5 million a year to be the most overly protected forward right. in the NHL. For the Florida Panthers, I also didn't get financial terms for this one. Sam Bennett signed a four-year contract with them. That's AAV of $4.4 million. That's not bad. Also, the Panthers signed Brandon Montour this uh, week as well to a three-year contract extension with an AAV of $3.5 million. Nice. Yeah. Connor Garland signed a five-year, $24.75 million contract with the Vancouver Canucks. This gives his contract an AAV of $4.95 million. And the Canucks didn't finish there this week either. They signed a goalie as well. They signed... Yaroslav Halak to a one-year contract worth $1.5 million with an option, or I don't know what you would call this, $1.5 million in performance bonus eligibility. I would call it a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. So you do well enough, you double your pay. Yeah, I think it had something to do with the save percentage and then how many wins versus losses he has because he's clearly going to be the backup. So it's just like... Right. How often you get in net and how well you do when you're there. Yeah. And I always say this guy's name wrong, so be prepared to correct me. What team is it so that I can be prepared? The Jets. Go ahead. Paul Stastny. Paul Stastny. Signed a one-year $3.75 million contract with the Winnipeg Jets on Monday, July 26th. Joel Armia agreed to a four-year $13.6 million contract with the Montreal Canadiens this past week. The contract has an AAV of $3.4 million. But they also had other deals during the week. David Savard has agreed to terms on a four-year, $14 million contract with the Montreal Canadiens. This has an AAV of $3.5 million. Also, Mike Hoffman agreed to a three-year, $13.5 million contract with the Montreal Canadiens. This one has an AAV of $4.5 million. And Matthew Perot agreed to a one-year, $950,000 contract with the Canadiens on Thursday. And then the last one that was kind of signed here just as of yesterday was the Canadian signed RFA forward Arturi Lekkinen to a one-year contract valued at $2.3 million. Oh, okay. That's a decent amount of money for one year. Yeah. 
Moving on to the St. Louis Blues and a name that I will probably mess up because when don't I mess up names? Let's be honest. I think I know which one it is, and it's somebody that just got traded recently from the Rangers just two weeks ago. So Pavel Buchnevich? Yeah, I think I let it slide like that last week, too, when we talked about the trade. Who knows? <laughs> has agreed to a four-year, $23.2 million contract with the Blues. It has an AAV of $5.8 million. And the one that will make everyone who likes the Blackhawks sod, Brandon sod, agreed to terms on a five-year, $22.5 million contract with the St. Louis Blues on Thursday. It has an AAV of $4.5 million. I guess it made me so sod. Oh, okay. It was a little higher up on my notes. I was like, I didn't even write it down. That's how sod it made me. It was very sod. Yeah. A sod day indeed. I literally, I think when I saw that, I turned to you and I was like, I hope that he gets hurt so that my team doesn't have to hurt him. I wasn't going to put you on blast like that because like, that's <laughs> not a good thing to think about hockey players if we're being honest. The last one I personally have for the St. Louis Blues is Ivan Barbashev. I didn't even have that one, so. He has agreed to a two-year $4.5 million contract with the St. Louis Blues on Friday. This one has an AAV of $2.25 million. And we have a couple from the New Jersey Devils as well. They signed Jonathan Bernier to a two-year $8.35 million contract. This contract has an AAV of $4.125 million. And then they signed like one of the biggest signings coming into the free agency as well. They've signed Dougie Hamilton to a seven-year $63 million contract, and this one has an AAV of $9 million. Long contract. Yeah, he's still young enough to warn it, and as well, after like the last three seasons that he's had in the NHL, it's deserved, so... I agree with the decision. As well, it's New Jersey. They need players to stay. (laughs) And I only have one from the New York Rangers. This one I didn't find any financial terms with. Maybe you were able to find it. Patrick Namath agreed to terms on a three-year contract with the New York Rangers. Well, I have one more. I don't have the terms on that one. I didn't even see Namath, so congratulations. You found the weird one that I didn't locate. But the Rangers also did sign Ryan Reeves to a one-year extension after he was traded from the Golden Knights. His contract is valued at $1.75 million. I saw the trade. The trade's in my notes, but I didn't see that. Yeah. For the Minnesota Wild, they have signed Alex Goligoski to terms on a one-year $5 million contract. Another team that's actually done a lot, Tampa Bay Lightning. Brian Elliott signed a one-year $900,000 contract. Pierre-Edouard Belmer has signed a two-year $2 million contract with an AAV of $1 million. Surprise, surprise. Math is easy here. Zach Bogosian signed a three-year $2.55 million contract with the Lightning. This has an AAV of $850,000. Braden Point was signed to an eight-year, $76 million contract extension with the Tampa Bay Lightning on Wednesday. This has an AAV of $9.5 million. So I would argue this is an even like more substantial one than Ovechkin got. Well, considering he still had one more year on the contract he already had. He Plus was gonna it's be in, eight years. Yeah, he's going all the way out to the 2029-2030 season is how far they've got him signed 2030 is not a real year. It is, and that's when his contract will end. Yeah. So, like, he's he's definitely going to be there a while, and he was one of their points leaders this season. So, again, it's like, obviously, this is the guy you sign. Uh, You'll also see that they did kind of fire sale a lot of their players during the trade and contract talk stuff. So, I'll try to keep everybody in loop on that stuff. 
And the last one I have from the Tampa Bay Lightning, Corey Perry signed a two-year, $2 million contract with the Tampa Bay Lightning, AAV, $1 million. The crazy thing about this is he's been on the two teams that have lost to the Lightning in the Stanley Cup over the last two years. And now he's not going to get a cup this year. So if you can't beat him, join him, I think is the method that he's trying at this point. I really don't think Tampa Bay is going to get a three-peat, though, so, like, Enjoy not getting a cup for a third year in a row. Yeah, as we talk about the fire sale, you'll understand why. And both Nick Bonino and James Reimer each signed a two-year contract with the San Jose Sharks. I wasn't able to find financial terms for this one at the time I wrote my notes. I wasn't either. I didn't even write it down. So you found another one that I didn't find. Just on a roll today. I am. For the Colorado Avalanche, Gabriel Landeskog signed an eight-year contract to stay with the team. Again, I couldn't find financial terms for this one in the article I was reading, so I don't know if they're out there. So it's an eight-year max contract. Uh, the terms on it is about $7 million AAV. Oh, okay. So the captain is staying around for a little while. But the Avalanche also re-signed forward Tyson Jost to a two-year contract with an AAV of $2 million. Oh, okay. And I guess because I have to talk about them at some point in my life. <laughs> the Philadelphia Flyers did a couple signings on Wednesday. The first one being Keith Yandel, who signed a one-year $900,000 contract. Second being Martin Jones, who signed a one-year $2 million contract. I was nice. I didn't even include them in my list for you. I like to pretend they don't exist, but they're still there every year. Yeah. And for the Penguins, the only one I found, and I don't know if it's because I'm scared of what my team might be doing or if I just literally found the only thing there was to find, they signed Brock McGinn to a four-year $11 million contract, which has an AAV of $2.75 million. I didn't see anything other than the McGinn signing, so I would say you're pretty much spot on with what's going on. However, that is a reason to worry usually. My spidey senses are tingling and I'm scared. Yeah. The reality is you guys didn't have much cap space to play with this season. So, you know, you're kind of in that pickle of like, what what could you really do? I know a lot of like fans and news writers in the Pittsburgh area were like, we need a new goalie. And I'm like, do you? Jari's fine. And you really don't have the money this year to do it. So it's I mean, it would be nice to have Flurry back. Yeah. Well, there's an article I've got right here in my hand that will argue otherwise. It literally just dropped that uh, its official flurry is reporting no matter what. So. Oh, we'll get to that. Yep. For Edmonton Oilers, I also couldn't find financial terms, and I only had one contract that I found. Well, I found more than that, and I definitely have some terms, so let's get it started. All right. So the one that I found was Tyson Berry, who signed a three-year contract to remain with the Edmonton Oilers. At $4.5 million AAV. Okay. That's also, nothing to sneeze at. Also, we were talking about how... Both Tampa Bay and Toronto are in these situations of cap issues. So one of the ones that vacated was Zach Hyman from the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's a seven-year contract with an AAV of $5.5 million. The Oilers also signed your ex-defenseman, Cody Cece, this past week. Oh, I blocked that from my memory. To a four-year contract with an AAV of $3.25 million. Definitely more than you guys could have offered him, obviously, so it made sense for him to move along. Oilers also signed restricted free agent forward Warren Fogel to a three-year contract with an AAV of $2.75 million. He came over from the Hurricanes at uh, the actual rate before restricted free agency kicked off, so... 
For the Nashville Predators, I have Michael Granlin, who signed a four-year, $20 million contract with an AAV of $5 million. Nice. Round numbers. You love to see it. (laughs) And for the Arizona Coyotes, I also was unable to find financial terms, but both Carter Hutton and Ryan Zingle each signed a one-year contract with the team. Ryan Getzlav agreed to a one-year contract to stay with the Anaheim Ducks on Wednesday. The financial terms for this deal was not disclosed at the time of the article that I read. For the Calgary Flames, on Wednesday, they signed Blake Coleman to a six-year, $29.4 million contract. The contract has an AAV of $4.9 million. There are a couple for the LA Kings. Philip Deneau signed a six-year, $33 million contract with an AAV of $5.5 million. And this next one, I don't know how to say. Andreas Anthanasau? I don't even have it down here, so I couldn't take a stab at it. You are not helping me at all. Just a blank (laughs) face. I got nothing. This person has signed a one-year, $2.7 million contract. I feel like I should know this person. I've never heard of this person in my life. I know the person. I just have never heard the person's name. So, like, it's just... I feel like when Steve Dangle didn't know your guy from your team. Yeah. Like, I should know, and I don't. Right. The Carolina Hurricanes were also active this week. They have signed Tony D'Angelo to a one-year, $1 million contract. They also signed Frederick Anderson to a two-year, $9 million contract with an AAV of $4.5 million. And then they continued by signing another goalie. They signed Antti Ranta to a two-year contract with an AAV of $2 million. Why do I feel like I haven't heard Ranta's name in forever? It's because he was in Phoenix playing for the Coyotes. Probably. It does help the cause to just kind of disappear into the gray that way. Or the brown (laughs) with all that sand. Yes. The Hurricanes also signed Derek Stepan to a one-year contract valued at $1.35 million. Also, the Hurricanes re-signed forward Jordan Martinuk for three years at an AAV of $1.8 million. Alex Martinez signed a three-year $15.75 million contract on Wednesday to stay with the Golden Knights. The contract has an AAV of $5.25 million. Both Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell each signed a one-year $750,000 contract with the Buffalo Sabres, so that's just the league minimum. And then here in Dallas, they made a couple moves. Ryan Suter signed a four-year $14.6 million contract. This has an AAV of $3.65 million. Also, like I said earlier, Braden Holtby signed a contract with Dallas. They signed him to a one-year $2 million contract, which... I think is pretty much the same terms as his old contract. So I'm pretty much stuck as trying to understand why they brought a third starting goalie to Dallas. Both Bishop and Hudobin are signed to no-move clauses for the next two seasons. So it's like, what are you going to do with a third goalie? Like, are you going to rotate three goalies? Because, like... I mean, technically they could, right? Like, it's not not an option. They'd have to carry down... Uh, another player, though, on the roster at that point because they'd be over. But not if they were keeping their extra goalie in the AHL until they were bringing him up. I guess. Like, the back and forth would be nonsense, but it it's possible, technically, you could do it that way. But 
then at that point, why not just sign a two-way contract with Holt B and then True. be able to wash portions of his salary? Like, I just don't understand. That would make more sense. I just don't understand what Dallas is doing with this. And I had conversations with some people here in Dallas about it because I'm like, you guys are Stars fans. Well, maybe one of the other goalies is talking about wanting to leave Dallas, so they're making a preemptive move. I've heard rumors that a goalie wants to retire, and the only one that would be stupid enough to do that at this point would be Ben Bishop, I guess. Like, Hudobin is clearly the starter of the future mm-hmm. for this organization, and hope he's being brought in as a backup to maybe bring some more senior knowledge to it, but Hudobin's not a rookie. Like, he's been in the NHL forever. Yeah. So. I don't know. And then... Correct me if I'm wrong about this, because this is in the wrong section, but it says Dallas Stars, so I'm going to read it. <laughs> okay. Joel Kiviranta. That's all right. Signed a two-year, $2.1 million contract with Dallas Stars on Saturday with an AAV of $1.05 million. Probably why I missed it, so that was just yesterday. Yeah. Nick Foligno. Signed a two-year, $7.6 million contract with the Boston Bruins. This has an AAV of $3.8 million. The Bruins also decided to go after a goalie. They've signed Linus Olmark to a four-year, $20 million contract with an AAV of $5 million. It was legitimately the only reason Buffalo won games last season. I don't know what they're going to do now in Buffalo. Yeah. But a team I wasn't really expecting to do things, but did is the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't know why. Just, like, they were so far out of any sort of spotlight last season. I only had two from it, so I'm excited to hear what you got. I also only have two from it, so the same as you, probably. Perfect. First one being Jake Bean, who signed a three-year, $7 million contract. This has an AAV of $2.33 million. Also, Zach Wierenski signed a six-year, $57.5 million contract extension with the Columbus Blue Jackets on Thursday that will begin next season, the article said. Mm-hmm. It has an AAV of $9.58 million and will take us, or him, through 27-28 season. Oh boy. I honestly expected the Blue Jackets to do more. They also signed Line A as well for a one-year league minimum contract, so it's just like, it, it's just crazy to me that Line A can go from stardom being like one of the top three picks to just being like this guy that they're giving league minimums to now. It happens. Yeah. Dmitry Kulikov signed a two-year, $4.5 million contract with the Minnesota Wild on Wednesday. It has an AAV of $2.25 million. And then the last two I have are with Toronto. The last signings, anyway. There are other things that happened. Please, please, please have this person's name because I absolutely don't know how to say it. Andrej Case? Andre Casa. Sure. That's definitely a J. It's clearly from Northern Europe in some way, shape, or form. He has signed a one-year, $1.25 million contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs on Friday. So what's crazy about this is... Uh, His name. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but he was also offered multiple contracts for more money than this. But he wanted to be a part of what he claims is his hometown team in Toronto to be a part of the possible championship they're going to win next season. And I was like, boy, you've got high hopes. Man. You're going to Toronto that never gets out of the first round. I want whatever drugs he's on. Right. Took less money to go there. So. And then the last signing I personally have is Nick Ritchie, who has signed a two-year $5 million contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday. It has an AAV of $2.5 million. And then the Maple Leafs also got a goalie, Peter Morazic. Oh, yeah, yeah. To a three-year contract with an AAV of $3.8 million. 
I heard about that during the week and I just forgot. But then we also had a crap ton of trades that happened. And I'm going to be honest, I, I don't know how I have my trades organized. Well, clearly you had your signings organized completely different from me because that was fun to just scroll, <laughs> scroll, 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 scroll. At least it's not four pages this time. It's true. It is shorter. There were less trades than there were signings, thank God. <laughs> but getting right into it, Anton Strawman was traded to the Arizona Coyotes by the Florida Panthers for a seventh round pick in the 2023 NHL draft. The Coyotes also received defenseman Vladislav Kolyachanuk. <laughs> I was waiting for you to try that. <laughs> I, I literally just felt so out here. I'm like, going into it, and then nope. She's like Vladislav. I got this one. I got this one. No, 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 no. no, no. no. <laughs> the confidence just goes down the further you get into his name. <laughs> they also got a second round pick in the 2024 NHL draft. Yep. It was clearly a cap space move, and Arizona always has cap space, so go figure they're willing to eat a contract to get a prospect player and uh, some draft picks. Darcy Kemper was traded to the Colorado Avalanche by the Arizona Coyotes on Wednesday for Connor Timmins, a first-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft, and a conditional third-round pick in the 2024 NHL draft. They needed a goalie after letting their goalie go, Grubauer. So, like, funny how that happens. Go figure. Curtis McDermott was traded to the Colorado Avalanche by the Seattle Kraken in exchange for a fourth round pick in the 2023 NHL draft. McDermott was selected by Seattle from the LA Kings in the 21 NHL expansion draft. And then they said, I don't want him. That's got to be bad. So, like, in your own division, somebody stole them from you and then gave them to another team in your division. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully he hadn't started moving things. Most of these were being done within the week, and I feel like they probably were at least somewhat communicated with him. Like, hey, man, just chill in L.A. for a bit. Right, right. We're working some things out. Brendan Dillian was traded to the Winnipeg Jets by the Washington Capitals for a second-round pick in the 2022 and 2023 NHL draft. I gotta say, I don't love picks for players. Like, I don't know this person, but obviously... Picks for players aren't what I like well, in trades. Dylan is kind of a heavy cap for what he's bringing to the table, so it was clearly just a move probably to make room for the new contract for Ovechkin. Let's just be honest. Probably. Nate Schmidt was traded to the Winnipeg Jets by the Vancouver Canucks for a third-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft. The irony is, previous to going to Vancouver last season on a trade, he told the organization that he was a part of that he had no interest in being traded to the Jets, but here he is now for the Jets. I mean, unless you have a no-move clause. Well, he did it in his previous contract, but the short-term one that he had for one season, he did not. So, get on trucking. Yep. Nikita Zadorov was traded to the Calgary Flames from the Chicago Blackhawks for a third-round pick in the 2022 NHL Draft. Cap space move, 100%. It's sad to see him go. He had 155 hits last season. So that's one of the top five numbers in the NHL as a defenseman. So it's rough to see a big, big hitter like that leave. But at the same time, it's all he brought. He didn't really play that great a defense other than hitting people. So. Though I gotta say, I do like seeing them hit people. Yeah, especially if it's a Flyers player. Love to see that. Tyler Johnson was traded to the Chicago Blackhawks by the Tampa Bay Lightning for Brent Seabrook. Chicago also received a second-round pick in the 2023 NHL draft. 
Again, a cap space move. Obviously, the Lightning will be able to use one of their LTIR spots for Seabrook since he's retired. They'll be able to write off 100% of his contract, so they're just they're eating it and making it disappear. So. And the biggest news, or at least in my heart for this past week, <laughs> Marc-Andre Fleury was traded to the Chicago Blackhawks by the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas received forward prospect Mikhail Hakarian. Sure, we'll let that one go. I'm not going to try it. You know, I mess up a lot of names, but I don't see you trying all these names. No, this one's a tough one. I'm going to let that one slide. But this one was a big deal partially because of circumstances around how this was announced to the public and not to the player. Yeah, so again, this is a situation where Vegas was not open and honest necessarily. They claim they were, but it's like at the same time, I I feel like his agent is a little dramatic as well. Well, yeah, but... It was very obvious that he had found out through social media, despite what the team is saying. Yes, but emails have been leaked now where his agent was informed that the Blackhawks were one of the four or five teams they were shopping him. So it's like, you knew there was a trade coming, you just, you didn't want it to be that team, but if it's on your list of acceptable trades, like you can't... Be mad when you go there? Yeah, you can't, and... Well, the other problem I have with this situation is a story that came out about the owner or a president or somebody high up talking to Flurry at one point when they were waiting for an elevator on an elevator or something. And the fact that he said that he loves having him here and his family and loves how involved they are with the community and the team and how he's going to be with the team until he retires and all this stuff. That conversation happened... During the playoffs in last season, so it's just like... Uh, Don't tell someone that they're good for the team and good for the city and that they're going to stay there until they retire if at some point he could get traded. Like, I understand, like, the situation might be different now than it was then, but at the same time, you shouldn't have said it if it wasn't an unconditional thing. Also, I'm tired of people not respecting him or treating him the way that he should be treated, even if he has a really crappy manager or whatever. Well, welcome to Chicago. We'll give him all the love. Flower is here. Now that we know that the drama is over about him not going and just retiring, which is what he was threatening to do and his agent was threatening to do. I think he was just thinking about it. I don't know that he was threatening. Uh, It came across pretty direct, but... At the same time, I'm I'm excited to have him. As I told you, that's the next jersey I want. I want a flower jersey. That I will wear when you force me to go to Blackhawks games. Is that what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Maybe we'll buy it in your size then instead of mine. <laughs> no, buy it in your size and then I can wear one of your big hoodies underneath. Yeah. You have like the flappy arms. It'd be really cute. <laughs> I'll look exactly like a bird. Yeah. Very fit. You could tell people uh, you bought the goalie jersey, not the normal one. Yeah. <laughs> But moving away from the drama, Ethan Bear was traded to the Carolina Hurricanes from the Edmonton Oilers for Warren Fogel on Wednesday. We talked about his contract a little bit earlier, but yep. Yep. I want you to say this one. He was traded to the Washington Capitals by the Seattle Kraken on Wednesday. Oh, uh, Vancic, right? The goalie? Vitek Vancic or something like that? I was going to say Vancic. Sure. I don't have it in front of me, so I'm I'm guessing based off of memory, but... He was traded to the Washington Capitals by the Seattle Kraken on Wednesday for a second-round pick in the 2023 NHL draft. 
the irony about this is the fact that they literally just picked him in the expansion draft from the Washington Capitals. So it's like, dude, did you even leave? Like, hopefully right. you didn't leave, because, like... Hopefully you did not even pack a suitcase, because yeah. that's so dumb. Yeah. I feel like they had this worked out ahead of time, before the draft happened. Like I said last week when we talked about it before the expansion draft, we expected a lot of these deals to start coming out of the woodworks. Right. So... Yeah, you're probably right. It was probably done before the expansion draft was even done. Like, hey, we'll trade him back to you for a second-round draft pick. Evgeny Dadonov? Yeah, it's pretty right. Was traded to the Vegas Golden Knights by the Ottawa Senators on Wednesday for Nick Holden and a third-round pick in the 2022 NHL draft. Yep. And one that we talked about earlier because of the signing, Ryan Reeves was traded to the New York Rangers by the Vegas Golden Knights on Thursday for a third round pick in the 2022 NHL draft. I just love that he's going to be in the same division as Tom Wilson. All I'm saying is I want a boxing match between Ryan Reeves and Tom Wilson. What you're going to get is, is them just killing everybody else. Schoolyard hair pulling. I don't know that that's the case. I feel like Ryan Reeves and Tom Wilson will get pretty intense. However, you're right. Tom Wilson was a hair puller. So yes. So the, the difference is Reeves doesn't have hair to pull. So everyone's got hair to pull. Do they though? It's not always visible, but there's hair somewhere. Okay. And then Nicholas Jalmerson has retired from the NHL after 14 seasons. The Swedish hammer. The 34-year-old defenseman scored 172 points in 821 regular season games with the Chicago Blackhawks and the Arizona Coyotes. He has won the Stanley Cup three times with the Blackhawks, 2010, 2013, 2015, before being traded to the Coyotes on June 23rd. Yeah, he's was with us for 10 years of his 14 years, so like for the longest time he was one of the dynamic duos of the Swedish line with Oduya. And they literally grew up playing junior hockey together. So it's like, you, you can't have two guys that have always played together not play together. So, right. like, it was one of the best defensive cores. Obviously, then on top of that, in the first line, you had Seabrook and Keith. Like, legitimately, we didn't even need a third defensive line. The, between those two lines, how many minutes they took. Mm-hmm. The guys on the third line got usually anywhere from four to five minutes a game. And it's just like, you don't, you're here. We're paying you. But, you know, we just need you for just a little bit so these other guys can rest for a minute or two. But he also finished as a silver medalist with his career uh, with the Swedish Olympic team in 2014. And the crazier stat, I think, beyond points was an interesting one that I found. He finished his career ranked second with blocked shots per 60 minutes of time on ice with 75.23 blocked shots for every 60 minutes on the ice. That's crazy. Just putting his body on the line. Well, he was injury prone, but for obvious reasons, when you take vulcanized rubber, you know, shot at you multiple times a game, you're going to wear out. And right. So, like, a shorter career was bound to happen for him. Everybody kind of saw it coming. But, it's, I mean, a 14-year career is not something to sneeze at. No, by any means. But he'll it, be missed, you know. He, again, was a big core part of our championship run. So, I, you know, much respect to him. And also news relating to me and my team. Mike Sullivan was named coach of the U.S. men's ice hockey team for the 2022 Beijing Olympics on Wednesday. He is entering his seventh season as Pittsburgh Penguins coach and has guided them in back-to-back Stanley Cup champions in 2016 and 2017. Just to rub it in your face that we've done back-to-backs. Yeah, but you haven't won three in five years, so we're still on that topic. And then the last piece of news that I have for the NHL, because dear God. 
We're not done after yours. I'm sorry. Oh, jeez. Okay. The Nashville Predators prospect, Luke Prokop, Prokop, ended up getting a call from Elton John this week. That's super support. cool. Yeah. And after his phone call, his mom was like, who was that? And he was like, Elton John. His She's mom like, was what? like, what? Oh, what? Why what? didn't you let me talk to him? Yeah, exactly. No. It was very cute reading the article about his mom's reaction, his reaction. It was cute. It's not every day you get a call from Sir Elton John. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Dallas Stars announced that they will be retiring the number 56 jersey for Sergei Zuboff. He will be the sixth player to have his number retired by the organization. I can only think of one other Dallas Stars player, so. I'm ready for it. Let's hear it. I was going to ask you if you can Madonna. name Madonna. Yeah, that's the only one I could name as well, so. But Madonna was still playing when I first got into hockey, so. Yeah. Also, there was another retirement kind of this week. David Krejci of the Boston Bruins announced that he will not sign a new contract with another NHL organization and will be playing professional hockey in his home country of the Czech Republic. He also played 14 seasons of his career, but all in Boston. So I wouldn't say that's a retirement. That's just switching leagues, basically. NHL retirement, I suppose. Yeah. And then the weird news I have, LeBron and Drake are coming together to be producing a film-based documentary about the history of black hockey players. The documentary will be titled Black Ice, and we should be seeing it at some point uh, early next year, is what they're saying. So okay. I think it's pretty cool, though, that a rapper and a basketball player like came together to realize that the history of African-American players in the game of hockey is like just... it's It exists. It's strong. There's a lot of stuff, but it's not really pushed to the forefront, like baseball or the NFL or any of the other sports that are bigger here in the U.S. So I think it's cool that they're making a documentary about it. Albeit Drake being Canadian, that probably helps the cause a little bit too. Probably. Yeah. But I promise, guys, that's the end of the NHL <laughs> for today at least. Normally I could talk about the NHL all day, every day, but when it's signings and trades and stuff, there are rarely any that I am, like, enthusiastic about. Also, I only have one team I love, so that's probably why. The crappy thing is there's still a lot of trades to come. It's just going to be in the major leagues. Right. For baseball, so, uh, sorry, there's more coming. We'll give you a nice little break between all of that, though, and discuss the NFL. Though, I mean, the first thing I have is a signing, so, sorry. Tight end Logan Thomas and Washington have come to terms on a three-year, $24 million extension with $10.3 million guaranteed. I have some more signings. We had Nick Chubb, as of this morning, sign a three-year contract extension with the Cleveland Browns for $36.6 million with $20 million guaranteed. It seemed like it was the signing week for the big boys. I think I was telling you a little bit about that as well earlier. The Colts re-signed right tackle Braden Smith to a four-year contract for $72.4 million. His guaranteed amount, you want to take a stab at it? 66 Oh, thank God. It's not that high. $42 million, but still a lot. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, the Washington football team signed a four-year extension with defenseman Jonathan Allen for $72 million. $30 million of that $72 million was rewarded to him as a signing bonus. So immediately, not just a guaranteed money, which means they get paid longer term, but like, boom, $30 mil. And then the Bengals have signed a four-year extension with defensive end Sam Hubbard worth $40 million. There were also a couple of rookie contracts that got signed. San Francisco 49ers quarterback Trey Lance signed a rookie contract. The team has confirmed a four-year deal, but I don't have the financial terms for that one. I didn't write down any of the rookie stuff. I'm sorry. I failed you. 
And the Jets and quarterback Zach Wilson have agreed to terms on a rookie deal. The deal is reportedly set for $35.1 million with a $22.9 million signing bonus, which is ridiculous. It's a lot of monies. And Justin Houston has signed a one-year deal with the Ravens worth up to $4 million. Got to make that money because it's the NFL. It's not like the NHL where they give you baby checks. Right. And then a trade that happened is that the Green Bay Packers have acquired WR, hold on, wide receiver. There you go. Randall Cobb from Texans for a sixth round pick in the 2022 NHL draft. Houston is expected to pay $3 million of Cobb's salary to facilitate with the deal. So they also get like a discount. What's funny about it is it was a move requirement requested by Aaron Rodgers to come back to camp. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so they were like, what's weird is you definitely thought Houston was going to take advantage of that situation, and they didn't. Right. And I'm like, boy, you guys screwed up. And the last bit of NFL news that I have personally is that Chief Quarterback Patrick Mahomes has an autographed rookie card that sold for an NFL record of $4.3 million. Interesting. Outsold Tom Brady already. This beats the Tom Brady rookie card that sold in March for $3.1 million. Which beat the previous record of Tom Brady on the same card. Yeah. It has the same valuation or like quality standard number, whatever it's called, 8.5, which is the same as the Brady card. But it's an autographed Patrick Mahomes card that also has a bit of fabric from the jersey that he wore. Got it. So I don't know if that made a difference in getting it so high. A lot of the weird things with cards make a difference. Right. So, like, literally even with just, like, Pokemon cards, if it's, like, holographic all the way down the whole card, it's worth more money than it is if it's just in one space. If you have a swath of Pikachu hair. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. All the monies. There were some injuries as well to report. Carson Wentz is out due to a foot injury he sustained during practice this past week. They said indefinitely because they don't really know the time yet because they're just getting imagery back. But once the imaging comes back, they'll make a further decision as to his full timeline for recovery. Fun times. Yeah. And then they had a little bit of COVID news too. Oh, yay. So three Vikings quarterbacks are actively on the COVID-19 protocol list after the third string quarterback tested positive for COVID-19. <sighs> The best part about this was that a fourth-string guy that wasn't even invited to camp had to show up to run camp because they had nobody else capable of throwing the routes required of the wide receivers to continue practicing. It's his time to shine. Truly, truly. Be like, hey, man, we know that we had you on our uh, follow-up list. Uh, Just giving you a call, man, if you want to come down to camp for a day or two. (laughs) That's literally all the NFL news I have. Wasn't very NFL full this week. Yeah. I actually have a decent amount for the MLB, which is not normal for me. Right. But I will start with an injury. I only have one. The Tampa Bay Rays ace, Tyler Glasnow, appears likely to have Tommy John surgery sometime in the future to repair the partially torn UCL in his right elbow. He suffered the injury in mid-June. Oof. But it sounded like he was just trying to rehab it and not have surgery and everyone's like i think you need surgery like you better take care of it man instead of just pretending like it's all better right Right. you know like athletes do i had one more injury uh it happened to padres shortstop fernando tatis jr he was placed on the 10-day il after dislocating his shoulder during the game on friday as he slid into third base 
awkwardly. Very awkwardly, I would assume. Yeah. They expect a quick recovery on it. It being just a dislocated shoulder, they're, they're going to re-evaluate after well, the 10 days. I think it depends on how clean they got his shoulder back in Saga, but yeah. Yeah. But let's get started with the rest of the MLB news, because it will also be never-ending. The Blue Jays have acquired veteran right-hander Joaquin Soria from the D-backs. Toronto will send Arizona two players that will be named later. I don't know if you found the people after I did my notes. I didn't even put that on here because it was a person that I didn't consider that important, so. All right. (laughs) Joaquin Soria, you're not important. Don't hate. (laughs) The Blue Jays have acquired right-hander Jose Barrios. Barrios? Yes. From the Twins in exchange for number two prospect Austin Martin and number four prospect Simeon Woods Richardson? Yep. Yeah, it's definitely a push for the Blue Jays to try to win now at this point. Do something. Yeah. The Oakland Athletics have acquired catcher Jan Gomez and Josh Harrison from the Nationals in exchange for three minor league players who are catcher Drew Millis and right-handers Seth Schumann and Richard Gossage. Gossage? Squash is what I was going to go with. Squash? Yeah. Why not? Right. Let's do it. But the the Nationals were on a bit of a fire sale, so I don't know if you want to stay on the subject of that, because I have quite a few of them. Sure. Okay. The Nationals also traded John Lester to the Cardinals. In return, the Nationals receive Lane Thomas. Do we like Lane Thomas? I have no idea who he is. All right. That's how we feel about him. Yep. Uh, The Nationals continue to trade pitchers away. They traded away Daniel Hudson, the relief pitcher, to the Padres for Mason Thompson, who is a pitcher, and shortstop Jordan Barley. The Nationals also traded Kyle Schwarber to the Boston Red Sox for a pitching prospect, Aldo Ramirez. It's their number one pitching prospect, so in the future that will probably pay off. Maybe. And the end did not come in sight when it came to getting rid of pitchers. The Nationals traded Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Dodgers for catcher Kiebert Ruiz, pitcher Josiah Gray, pitcher Gerardo Carrillo, and outfielder Donovan Case. Jeez. Yeah. It was a lot of players going different places. One more pitcher to go. Nationals traded Brad Hand to the Blue Jays for catcher Riley Adams. Wait a second. There is a pitcher with the last name Hand. Yes. I just wanted to point that out in case anyone missed it. It's (laughs) freaking hilarious. I think you might think it's a little more hilarious than it actually is, but... uh, No, I think I think it's the right amount. Yeah. And there was another team that was also on the fire sale, as my mom's side of the family will kindly... Tell you all about if you read any of their Facebook posts this week. Their cubbies. Yep. Did you want to start us off with a Cubs trade? If I had one, I could tell you. I haven't seen anything about this. I just know who they root for. Okay. Well, the Cubs traded Jake Marasnik or Marisnik to the Padres for pitcher prospect Anderson Espinoza. The Cubs also traded away Chris Bryant to the San Francisco Giants for pitching prospect Caleb Killian and outfielder Alexander Canario. The Cubs also traded away Javi Baez, Trevor Williams, and cash considerations to the Mets. In return, the Cubs receiving received outfield prospect Pete Crow Armstrong, which is one of the top five prospects in the major leagues. Okay. So, good, good move there. I mean, he hasn't done anything yet, but sure. Yeah. Cubs also traded Craig Kimbrell to the Chicago White Sox for Nick Madrigal and reliever Cody Hoyer. I don't know that I'm happy about this trade, only because... We have the number one closer right now in the major leagues. Why do we need another one? It well, just... at least this guy doesn't have to move. 
No, he just drives a little longer. That's literally the joke that he made after he got traded. He was like, well, now I have about a 30-minute drive to work instead of 10. And I'm like, boy, that's not so bad. I mean, it's definitely worse for some players, especially when they get traded, land somewhere, and then get traded again. That's the worst. The Cubs traded Anthony Rizzo away to the Yankees for pitching prospect Alexander Vizcaino and outfielder Kevin Alcantara. There we go. See, it's See, my turn to pronounce bad names. It's not as easy as you think. Yeah, but that's all the Cubs trades I have. Did you have any other teams that are doing trades? I'll see if I uh, don't have anything that overlaps with what you already discussed. The Yankees have acquired left-hander Andrew Heaney and cash considerations from the Angels in exchange for minor league right-handers Jansen Junk and Elvis Piguero. Some interesting names. I love that Jansen Junk. Yeah. And the last one I have is not a trade. Okay, well, I still have some more trades. So, go ahead. The Indians traded Eddie Rosario and cash considerations to the Braves for Pablo Sandoval, which means our favorite panda act is probably no more in the Braves dugout. But he can take the panda head with him. And he's going to do it in Cleveland? Why not? For the future guardians? Still can't get used to that. You could have a panda guardian. Yeah. (laughs) A kung fu panda guardian. I like this already. The Indians also traded away second baseman Cesar Hernandez to the White Sox for pitching prospect Connor Pilkington. It sounded very British. I was like, I didn't know we hired people from the UK to come play baseball in the United States, but maybe maybe he was a really good maybe. cricket pitcher. He could have been. Yeah. Texas Rangers traded away Joey Gallo and pitcher Jolie Rodriguez. To the Yankees for pitcher Glenn Otto and infielders Ezekiel Duran, Trevor Halver, and Josh Smith. Another one of those, like, just everybody gets traded moments. Yeah. The Pirates traded away Adam Frazier and cash considerations to the Padres for Tuku Pita Marcano, pitcher Michelle Miliano, and outfielder Jack Sawinski. So, so. What a lovely gaggle of people. Oh, yeah. The, the first name on that first one, I... I'm pretty sure I completely screwed up. I'm sure that's not the only one. Yeah. But the last bit of news that I have for Major League Baseball and has nothing to do with trades or signings, the Houston Astros pitcher Brooks Raley has received a three-game suspension and an undisclosed fine for intentionally throwing at and hitting J.P. Crawford of the Seattle Mariners in the bottom of the eighth inning on Monday, July 26th game. I just want to know how you prove that he intentionally did it. Did he like point at his head like, I'm going to hit you in your head? I mean, sometimes it's just obvious when you watch them. Yeah. In addition, Astros manager Dusty Baker has received a one-game suspension and an undisclosed fine for Rayleigh's intentional throwing. A name of a baked goods store I would never go to, Dusty Baker. Uh-uh. He's won a lot of championships, though, so maybe I shouldn't make fun of him. I feel like you can make fun of him anyway. There were some COVID situations going on this week in the MLB. Nothing quite like last year's season, but the Marlins are the center of the subject, just like they were last year with 19 Wash games missed. Wash your hands, children, or grown men. Head coach of the Marlins, Don Mattingly, tested positive for COVID-19. The rest of the COVID, uh, rest of the COVID staff, <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the coaching staff and team came back negative. So he didn't spread it to anybody else, but Yet. Well, he's not in... The facilities anymore, so hopefully not at all. But also the Brewers had a small breakout. They've had three players in the last week test positive. The most recent, the two players were 
part of the practice squad, so they're not part of the normal roster. So the fear of the team being affected by it is nil. But they also had uh, Christian Yelich test positive this past week as well, who is actually on the roster and one of their superstars. There was a cool thing that happened last night. Sadly, the White Sox lost the game, but Sebi Zavala of the White Sox hit his first three home runs of his career in the same game. It's never happened before in the history of the major leagues. So it was his second game in the major leagues, but it's never happened where you've hit your first, second, and third home run in the same game. Okay. Of your career. So I feel like it should have, but I don't know. One of them was a grand slam, which is what irritates me even more to say that we lost the game. But it is what it is. Uh, The Blue Jays got to play in their stadium for the first time since September 29th of 2019, and they won. They won their first home game. I'm sure the very small crowd due to Canadian restrictions celebrated in wild style by air-fiving from 10 to 15 feet away from each other. That sounds nice. Yes. And then on a little more somber news in the MLB, for good reason, because this guy deserves to disappear from the league, the Nationals announced they will be parting ways with second baseman Starlin Castro after he was suspended by the MLB for breaking the MLB's joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy. It's all one policy. It's not like he broke every single one because, boy, that would have been a good run of not good things. The suspension is already without pay based on what the MLB has given him. It is a 30-game suspension. When he returns, he will be cut from the roster. Because he's on suspension, they technically can't cut him yet. So, like, he's on the roster for now. But the organization has basically said the second he's not on the 30-day game suspension, we're booting him off. So It's too bad he can't be cut for real. Yeah. As far as the NBA goes, I don't have a ton of news. I'm hoping you don't either because this episode is going to be so long. I have barely anything, so you'll be very excited to know. The Phoenix Suns have acquired Landry Shamet from the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for backup guard Siobhan Carter and the 29th pick in the 2021 NBA draft. They picked up Deron Sharp, who was drafted by the Suns and traded to the Nets during the draft. So they picked a guy and then was like, you want to do this deal with this guy we just picked up? (laughs) As far as my understanding goes, because that article was written so poorly. The Cleveland Cavaliers have acquired veteran guard Ricky Rubio from the Minnesota Timberwolves in exchange for Tarian Prince, a 2022 second round pick, and cash considerations. I have one more trade. Uh, The Wizards traded away Russell Westbrook, a 2024 second round pick, 2028 second round to the LA Lakers for Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and the 22nd pick in the last Thursday's draft. So this most recent draft. The one that just happened, yeah. They ended up picking Isaiah Jackson with that pick. Okay. As far as the draft goes, I'm just going to try to run through the first five real fast. First overall, the Pistons drafted Cade Cunningham. From Oklahoma State University. Second overall, the Rockets drafted Jalen Green. Third overall, the Cavaliers drafted Evan Mobley. Fourth overall, the Raptors drafted Scotty Barnes. Fifth overall, the Magic drafted Jalen Suggs. And just for humor, the Thunder in spot six drafted Josh Giddy. I bet you I they bet were. He was so giddy. We yeah. both thought the same thing. <laughs> uh, another one of note, because this is your team, the Chicago Bulls drafted Ayo Desunmu. 
at 38th overall? In the second round, yeah. Yeah, you didn't have a first round pick. We had to give it up. And then I had one signing as well. The LA Clippers signed Serge Ibaka for one year for $9.7 million. That's a really good one year. Well, it's the If NBA. you're talking NHL money. I was going to say, it's the NBA. Yeah. So it's not so great. As far as soccer news goes, I have two pieces of MLS news. The first having to do with someone from a completely different sport. Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes has bought a stake in MLS club Sporting Kansas City. Mahomes and Sporting Kansas City have been engaged in discussions about an ownership stake for around 12 months. Last year, Mahomes bought into the ownership group for the Kansas City Royals, and we had discussed that. Mm-hmm. Also, his fiance Brittany Matthews, is a co-owner of Kansas City's National Women's Soccer League franchise. Yep. They just want to hand in all the Kansas City sports, it seems like. I'm waiting for them to buy ownership in the Chiefs. Yeah. I don't, I don't know think that, that's allowed while I was going to say that's probably not ethical, especially if Maybe he ends up playing somewhere else. Maybe his fiance could. I don't know that that's even quite right. You because, think? Well, if they're, they're not still, married yet. Well, yeah, but as soon as they do get married, they would have to sell it. Probably. Like, yeah. And then Austin FC has signed Argentinian midfielder Sebastian Drusi. He signed a multi-year designated player contract after exercising a buyout clause with his former club, Zenit St. Petersburg. Additional financial terms were not disclosed at the time the article came out, but sources have said that his transfer fee was around $7 million and that Austin paid $50,000 to enter Miami for the discovery rights, whatever that is. Yeah, the MLS has some weird rules. Don't they, though? Yeah. Don't they, though? What is going on in the world of international soccer? Really not much. So we have the Gold Cup tonight, which is going to be between the U.S. and Mexico for the finals. Okay. Uh, that's at 7 o'clock this evening. It will be central time, I should say. But it will be done by the time you guys get to hear the podcast. Yep. So you'll know the outcome before we tell you it. But it's going to be the first game played soccer-wise in Allegiant Stadium, which is the new stadium for the Raiders in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. So it'll be kind of cool to see a game in that stadium because the Raiders have not even really played much in that stadium yet. So right, it'll be neat. But other than that, I think that pretty much wraps up this ridiculously long sports episode. Thanks for sticking with us, you guys. And make sure you check out all the social media between now and next week so that we can keep you up to date there as well. The links will be in the show notes. And we'll see you on Thursday for the book episode. Bye, guys. Bye.